your amazing provision. Father, thank you, Lord, for the story that you are unfolding in and in amongst us today. Father, I thank you for the great things that you have in front of us. I thank you for the great promises that you have released over our lives. Father, today, Lord, as we sow, as we tithe this morning, Father, we do it as a, as a, as a, as a, as a sacrifice of our love, as, as, a, as a seed offering into our future that you have for us today in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for every person, every household represented here. Father, I thank you for the ones that were here from the beginning and they have stood with us all these years. I thank you for them today. Father, I pray that you would pour out your blessing, your love over their lives in a new and abundant way. Lord, I thank you for the new babies that have been born today in Jesus' name, the ones that are about to be born in the womb. Lord, I pray today, Father, for the environment that you have created for them. Lord, I pray today, Lord, that they would experience your power. They would experience your goodness. Father, every person in this place today, let your abundant blessing be poured out over their lives in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's tithe and let's give out of our offerings this morning. season. There's going to be a stripping away of fear. There's going to be a stripping away of things that have held you back. There's so much goodness inside of you. There's songs that will touch nations. You will, you will travel. The songs that you write will be heard around the world. But I believe that God has put you into a season now that there's going to be a breaking off. There's going to be a stripping back of everything that has held you back. You're an amazing woman. You're an amazing mother. You're an amazing worship leader. But I believe that you're going to come into a new sense of freedom. There's going to be a freedom in your heart. There's going to be a freedom in your voice. There's going to be a freedom in your spirit. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. For God has made you unique. You don't have to impress anyone but Him. And He already loves you anyway. Can I come into a season of great fulfillment? Father, let your blessing come over her. Father, let your blessing come over her family. Father, touch Doug right now in the name of Jesus. Father, touch the boys. Father, I pray that in the season, in Jesus' name, Father, you would speak clarity in Jesus' name. Father, you would make the way clear in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for the work that you've done in their lives. Father, I thank you for your stirring of your waters inside of their hearts today in Jesus' name. Father, I call them forth in the fullness of you, all that you have for them in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a pastor watching online right now, and I just, I had you on my heart this morning. You're watching, not live, but you're watching delayed coverage. I can just sense that right now. You're up north, but the, I just sense the Lord wants to encourage you, and uh, there's going to be a new authority that's going to come around in your, inside of your life. I can see that God has been raising you up over time, and Tom, but in this next season, by the end of this season, this end of this year, you will have walked into a, a, into a greater dimension of power and influence. God is raising you up as a, as a young man of influence in this nation. Give me a call. You've got my number. Amen. Hey, great to see you here. <laughs> Would you love you just to stand on your feet as we welcome a very, very close friend of mine, Pastor Luca Robinson. Uh, I've grown to love as
as a friend and as a brother. There's a, there's a verse in the Bible in, in Proverbs 17 and verse 17, and it says this, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. As um, speak to me about uh, doing a supernatural counter in Auckland. And I remember there were times where I was mowing the lawn thinking, what the heck am I doing? If this doesn't work, I'm sunk. Lord, I, I really need you just to just give me something just to tell me that you're with me on this. Within a minute, the brother over here gives me a call. Most times, when he calls me, it's kind of like that. I mean, I'm not, not that I'm bad all the time, you know, I'm just, but I'm always thinking about things, but there's a time where a brother is born for adversity. I mean, when we walk this walk of faith, sometimes we need not just people to encourage us, we need brothers to stand with us and to encourage us and to love us. And today, sir, that you are my brother, that from another mother, would you please welcome my dear friend and my dear brother, Pastor Luca Robertson from Otara. From Otara, what's up? You can take a seat. Thank you, everybody. The Apostle Paul says in Corinthians, I didn't come to you with persuasive and intelligent words. I came to you with fear and trembling. That's how I feel right now. But I'm so glad to be here. I'm, I'm very honored to be here and I just want to thank uh, my brother from another mother, Pastor David and uh, Kate, for um, just your love and friendship over, you know, with us, and Joe, and we just love you both, and she sends her regards to you, and I'm very honored to be here. I was thinking, what on earth am I doing here? The last time I hear, Prophet Tamarit was here, and, you know, to follow that line, I'm just like, well, give it a go, <laughs> right? No one's laughing, so I'll laugh with you. <laughs> and um, I'm just so grateful. I'm grateful also to um, Apostle Mike. Uh, you know, I met him a few years ago and just really helped me navigate uh, my life to where it is today. And I so love him and appreciate both of them and just love this house. I'm not going to speak too long. Uh, Salmon, we don't speak too long. We're very non-violent, gentle people. <laughs> we'll give you the word. My mother will bring a gentle, and we're gone. <laughs> Is that okay? Um, where's my keyboard player? Probably having a fall. Krispy Kreme. In my church, I think a year and a half ago, maybe two years, can't even remember, a guy sitting in our church and I'm preaching and the Lord said to me, I want you to speak to that guy, the gentleman, he's like in the seventh row. And uh, I haven't met him before. And then, uh, you know, sometimes you really pray. I'm not, I'd love to be like Apostle Tamarit, 
Hope those words just come. Um, but that's just the gift on his life. And uh, so I'm, I'm speaking, and, and I just couldn't help it. And I said, that gentleman on the seventh row, can you please turn up? And this uh, good-looking chap stands up, and I said, in three months, just come out of my mouth. And it's just a God, when it comes out like that, it's God. Trust me, my wife will even tell you herself. And uh, so I said, the guy on the seventh row, can you stand up? And he stood up, and I said, in three months' time, you're going to be a three-story building, having an interview, and you're going to be a boss of 300 people. And, like, everyone's like, wow. But in my heart, I'm like, please, God, make it happen. <laughs> because he went, oh, I'm finished, man. And then uh, he came up to me after the service with a really encouraging testimony. He said, I'm, I'm from South Africa. I've been here for eight months, and I've applied for about 80 jobs, and I haven't got one. And I was like, oh, great. And I said to him, you're the man, bro. Please, God. <laughs> Three months later, he's in a third-story building having an interview. They call him back, and they didn't even get the job. And they said to him, listen, we're not going to give you the job that you applied for, but we do have a, a senior position. Uh, we'd like to send you to Australia uh, so that you can, like, be the head of this organization. And the organization is Krispy Kreme Donuts. I know. See, you're not clapping, but I am because I get free Krispy Kreme donuts all the time, man. That's called the goodness of the Lord. Anyway, better get on with it.
looking for someone. If you're over 50, sing with me. I'm about 50 soon. same thing you played before please that means come here apparently apparently I have such a serious face my wife says every time you pray for people you scare them so you gotta smile but I'm a man I can't do two things at one time okay so check it out here's my smile that's it alright okay I'm on the plane, I get off the plane, I hit the ground, I'm in Hawke's Bay, and the Lord says to me, there's a lady here in dreads, and her emotional mindset is going to be healed. And uh, see, the thing about this lady, she's crazy ass, man crazy woman, right? So, I really like you. And I just have a sense in my heart that your home is going to be such an inviting home. 
and you're going to open your door to a lot of mental ill patients and they've tried the drugs they've tried the counseling but they haven't tried Jesus and you don't have to be super spiritual you just have to be available yeah that's a I think the biggest problem in the church today, they think you've got to be all that. While in English, that's all of the above. I'm from Otara, South Auckland. We do gangster talk, you know what I'm saying? I've come to Hawke's Bay. I'm really sorry. I have to be literate. My wife's a school teacher, and she corrects me all the time. She's beautiful, man. My wife is probably the most beautiful, amazing woman you've ever met. Yeah. My, my dad said to me I married up and I said to him you should be happy because Samoans we have no money so that's why I married a European girl anyway just praying for people for the rest of the service that's it for me are you okay with that Pastor David They're smarter than me. You are smarter than them. They are dumbass. Sorry, I mean dumb, you know, like. Anyway, come back. And it's like you step two steps backward and let everybody do the leading and you think, that's not me. I want to say to you today, you're a leader of leaders. That's who you are. Yeah. So today... When you look in the mirror, you're going to look in the mirror through the eyes of Jesus, and you're like, wow, look at that. <laughs> Whoever's coming for me, baby, you better be ready. 
because today Jesus is going to change your life. Yeah. What's your name? Huh? Jubilee. Really? Well, Jubilee on. And by the way, the school fees will be paid for, university be sorted. Get on with it. Yeah? Yeah. Look at girl, eh? All right. Is your, is your mum and dad here? Where's your mum and dad? Great job. Obviously, the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. What's up, man? All right. Stand up. Okay. Don't face them. They're scary. Face me. I see three stages in this boy's life. Stage one is an understanding. Stage two is a declaring. Stage three, it's a prophetic stage. It's a stage where this boy will see and then he'll declare. What's your name? Luke. My name is Luca. That's, they translated Luke in English because we hit the name first in Samoan. <laughs> You fellas are like right behind us, man. I like it. Write a book. Write a manual. You are smart ass. Something I like about you is like you're very detailed. It's like sometimes you sit here or you listen to something you're like, that sounds really stupid because it doesn't go like that. And you know what? And I'm not saying it's here, but it's like you have this mind that God's given you to put things in its right place. Don't underestimate how good you really are. Nice guy. Thank you, Pastor David. What's up, man? Change the world. for a trip around the world because your life has just started so is your ministry it's like you've got so much gold in you we need it uh, there's a lot of wisdom so don't be too quiet and don't think no they don't need me we need you more than you think Exodus chapter 13, is that all right? And then we're out of here. KFC is waiting for me. We're going to change the world. Exodus chapter 14, I'm going to read you from the message. When the king of Egypt was told that the people were gone, he and his servants changed their minds. They said, what have we done? Letting Israel, our slave labor, go free. So he had his chariots harnessed up and got to his army together. He took 600 of his best chariots with the rest of the Egyptian chariots and the drivers coming along. God made Pharaoh, king of Egypt, stubborn, determined to chase the Israelites as they walked out on him without even looking back. 
And the Egyptians gave chase and caught up with them. And where they had made camp by the sea, all Pharaoh's horse-drawn chariots and their riders, all his foot soldiers, there opposite Baal-Savon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and they saw them and they said, the Egyptians are coming. They were totally afraid and they cried out in terror to God. They told, told Moses, weren't the cemeteries large enough in Egypt for us that you had to take us out here in the wilderness to die? What have you done to us, taking us out of Egypt? Back in Egypt, didn't we tell you this would happen? Did we tell you, leave us alone here in Egypt? We're better off as slaves in Egypt than as corpses in the wilderness. So Moses spoke to the people, don't be afraid. Stand firm and watch God do his work of salvation for you today. Take a good look at the Egyptians today, for you will never see them again. And God will fight the battle for you, and you keep your mouth shut. And God said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Speak to the Israelites, order them to get moving. Hold your staff high, stretch out your hand over the sea, split the sea. The Israelites will walk through the sea on dry ground. Verse 17, meanwhile, all make sure that the Egyptians keep up their stubborn chase. I'll use Pharaoh and his entire army, his chariots and horsemen to put my glory on display so that the Egyptians realize that I am God. The angel of God then had been leading the camp of Israel, now shifted and got behind them, and the pillar of cloud had been in front, also shifted to the rear. And the cloud was now between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel, and the cloud enshrouded one camp in darkness and flooded the other with light. The two camps didn't come near each other all night. And then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and God, with a terrific east wind, all night long made the sea go back, and he made the sea dry ground, make the ground dry, and the seawater split. And the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground, with the waters wore to the right and to the left. And the Egyptians came after them and pursued every horse and chariot and driver Pharaoh racing into the middle of the sea. It was now the morning. And God looked down from the, with, from the pillar of fire and cloud on the Egyptian army and threw them into a panic. And he clogged the wheels of the chariots that were stuck in the mud. And the Egyptians said, run from Israel. God is fighting on their side. And God said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea and the waters will come over the Egyptians, over the chariots, over their horsemen. And so Moses stretched his hand out over the sea and so they broke and the Egyptians were running and the sea returned to its place as before. And God dumped the Egyptians in the middle of the sea. The waters returned, drowning the chariots and riders of Pharaoh's army that had chased after Israel into the sea. Not one of them survived. Have you ever been in your life where things have overwhelmed you and you're asking, God, where are you? We come in Sunday, one Sunday after Sunday, and we believe God for things, and they were overwhelmed. And we say, Lord, what have you done? Guess what the Israelites are saying? Because the Bible says that the Egyptians overtook them. And there are times in your life where sickness will overtake you. Fear will overtake you. Guilt and shame will overtake you. Brokenness in relationships and your marriage or your children will overtake you. Maybe things you're doing in ministry just fall apart and you're like, God, where are you? It's actually overtaking me. Being there? Is it just me? Being there where your finances have just got in trouble. Being there when the addiction's actually overtaken you. Being there where you can't get out of that sin of pornography or guilt and shame. And you're like, God, I've prayed, I've fasted, I've sought you. Being there? I've been there as a minister where we came, came to a change and half of the church left. And I'm like asking God, what's going on? Have you been there? It's overwhelmed, the Bible says, and the Egyptians overtook the Israelites. 
And then I'm asking God, God, where are you? You know what God said? Just what he said to Moses? Hey, shut up. Because what God is saying is this, I've allowed that to happen to show you my glory. And the problem is we think God is not with us. He's sitting on the throne like, I can't wait to show you how good I really am. And then we come into the blaming mode. We blame God. We blame the leader, blame the pastor, blame the cow, blame the cats, whatever you want to blame. We blame everyone else. But we actually hadn't had time to say to God, hey, just a quick question. What are you up to? And there are times that God's going to allow these things to happen because His one desire that He wants is for you just to come to Him. That's where you change from religion to relationship. That is a funny ass clap. That's like this. Yeah. Come on. I want to say to over the 60-year-olds, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. You've been there, done, done that, come back with 13 T-shirts on. Because you've seen God come through and come about and the problems that you faced in your life, you've seen them defeated because you came to a, a, a decision in your life, I can't control this anymore. I come to the understanding that every time we face a problem, it's in our natural instinct to try and control it. Uh, uh, I've been teaching my daughter how to drive. No, 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 darling, please. It's like, woohoo, it's over. And I'm trying to be patient with her. She's driving and she's about to crash in the, the opposite car. And she's like, Dad, how do you think I'm doing? I'm like, you're doing great. But inside, I'm like, because every time I try to control it, guess what? I turned it into a mess. And I just want to say to you as a church before I finish, because I finish at 11.30. It's very simple. Are you ready? Are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? I'm a very simple man. You ready? guys ready? It's very simple. Take your hands off. Stop trying to control everything. It's not your job. In Jesus' name, amen. See, you know what? The funny thing about that, this is the funny thing about it, okay? I'm really honest with you. You wanted a deep, theological, incredible, Holy Ghost word. But it's actually really simple. I've been around for a long time now. I've been a senior leader, pastor, full-time, 23 years. I turned 50 in a few days' time. 
And let me tell you something. I've been in some incredible meetings where even the angels of heaven have come. And New Zealand is still 2% Christian. We've had the best speakers from overseas. We've had incredible encounters. And you would think by now, we'll be in full revival. You would think by now that we'll have zero suicide rates in New Zealand. You would think by now that no Samoans will be in prison. You would think by now that all the churches in New Zealand will be full. It's not God's fault. It's ours. And all it is, to be honest, is to let go. with my dad my dad is 83 I'm a pastor's kid I'm third generation minister growing up as a pastor's kid in Samoan culture the hardest thing you could ever ask for I don't know whether I'm a European or a Samoan I don't even know who I am I'm watching my dad doing the ceremony with me with my nephew and he's praying and he's crying and I'm just looking at my dad and I'm like, this is the grace of God. Because at 12 I left home when my old man being a minister just knocked me out. And I'm like, I'm out of here. 12 years old, get on the Greyhound bus, paid my own ticket. Say goodbye to my family. I'm out. Go live with an uncle. Probably one of the best, loveliest guys ever. Passes away. And from 30 on, 13 years on, never been, never had a dad. That's why your father is a great dad to me. got a father heart ministry had to have a heart forgiveness to my father and I did problem is I've got two dads because I'm adopted go to my father I ring my natural father he came from Samoa to New Zealand and my father was 10, 10 pioneers that pioneered the Samoan Assembly of God in New Zealand. 50 years ago, we have over 200 Samoan AA churches, churches in New Zealand. And my parents were one of the 10. I have a great heritage. And then my, a man came over from Samoa, hooked up with my mum, got her pregnant, not even married, became the first Ill, illegitimate child in a movement in all these years, I had this unforgiveness in my heart. And then I had to forgive them. And so they asked me to speak, and I kept the story short. They asked me to speak at a Samoan AG conference. Over 2,000 people were going to turn up. And I turn up, 
and I asked the Lord, what would you like me to talk on? He said, Luca, you need to let go. You need to let go of punishing your family. You need to let go of holding on to that hurt and anger. In fact, you need to let go of a lot of things and you'll never be free until you let go and let me. And I knew let going was actually forgiving my dad. So I called him my natural father. You have to understand, my natural father, my adopted father, never talked for years. Saved movement, senior pastors, never shared. And so I got to forgive. I ring my natural father and said, listen, I'm speaking at a conference. I know you're coming. I need to talk to you. And so I met him for the first time in 40-something years. I bring my family. He walks in. We're in, um, we're in the mall in Botany because it's flasher than Otara. Safer as well. My natural father walks in. First time. I said, um, I forgive you. I forgive you for letting me go, for giving me away. I said, I love you. I forgive you. I don't want to punish you anymore. Someone I can eat. He startled. He started apologizing to me. Grabbed him cuddled him, kissed him on the cheek. And I said, listen, you need to meet my wife and your grandchildren. They come out of the car and motion to them, come over. My kids are standing in front. I said, listen, this is my dad. First time I've called him my dad. And I said, these are your grandchildren. My kids are standing there like, I said, go greet your grandfather. And they were like, really? I said, greet them now. <laughs> the Samoan in me just comes out. We ask for forgiveness. I ring my natural mother. She's a minister as well. So my natural father is the senior minister for Samoan AOG in Christchurch. My natural mother is a senior minister for the Wellington Samoan AOG in Wellington. And my adopted parents are senior ministers of Wanganu Samoan Assembly of God in Wanganu. I couldn't get away. I do the same thing with my mum. First time ever sat down with my mother, natural mother. I said to her, I forgive you for giving me away. She grabbed my hand and she said to me, I've waited 47 years to say to us, you are my son and I love you. I started crying in Denny's told them that I'm about to preach on forgiveness. Next day, I'm in a Samoan AG conference, 2,000 people, and I just tell them the story about letting go and let go. At the end, my dad stands up, my doctor dad stands up, walks over to my natural father that he hasn't spoken to for 47 years grabs his hand 
and asks him to forgive him. You would think a Pentecostal minister, you see, it doesn't matter whether you're Pentecost, Catholic, it's relationship. My dad, in front of everyone, asking for forgiveness right in front of me. And then my natural father, who never spoke to my natural mother in 47 years, walks over to the other aisle, grabs her and asks for her for forgiveness. I'm standing in the pulpit, watching this in pain. church but you're not free but today you will be three months later I get a phone call my natural father the doctor's giving me four months to live cancer I go down my dad's in bed skin and bones three months before Strong, healthy, skinny like me. I said to him, Dad, what do you want? And he said this to me, take my funeral. My natural father, who three months before never spoke to, never let on. I am now doing his funeral two weeks later. All of the Samoan AG ministers, 600, turn up to the funeral. And the man that I couldn't let go of that set my wife free, I'm doing the funeral for. Because when you let go, freedom comes. Purpose comes. Promises comes. The prophetic words you've been given come straight to you. They take the coffin away, the casket, after I finish preaching. My hand's on the casket, and he leaves me. And I thought straight away, ah, this is what freedom feels like. Because you've got to let go. I want to say to everyone in this room as I finish, there are things in your life and people that have hurt you whether it's your dad, your mum, your children, your boss, your husband, your wife, your pastors, your leaders, you cannot change till you let go. You can have the greatest speakers come here, but I'm telling you now, like us, until you let go of your past, you will never enter into the great thing that God has. And he's made a way for you to do that. What are you standing with me? Come.
before I hand it over to Pastor, I'm just going to be straight up because that's what I'm like. Five years ago, we were like the fastest growing church in South Auckland. Phenomenal church. Great leaders, but a stink dad. (laughs) My daughter, who's my oldest now, who's 18, loved the church, but didn't like the dad. Once I came to an encounter of the Father Heart of God and forgave my parents from my heart, this girl, my baby, I can't get rid of her. Couldn't stand her. And now, jumping in my bed. And like, do you mind? This is my space. And she's like, Dad, Dad, hitting me in the head. Look at me, look at me. And I decided, I don't care how big the church is, but I never want to be a lesser of a dad to my children. You know what's happened now, Pastor Kate? The church at Hope Centre has just changed around. And I'm not saying this because of your leaders, this is just my journey. Because I'm no longer the leader. I'm the dad. And I want to say to you today, your life is going to change today. Once you let go, it'll change your everything. could I'll give everybody a hug take you on the plane take me back going to Auckland I've got people who in their 70s who call me pops I'm no longer Pastor Luca I just grab the old man look into the eyes I say look at me look at me I say you are the best dad in the world but Pastor my kids are gone my children are gone I said look at me go to the mums and I hold them and I said you are the best mums ever I look at the youth and I grab the youth and I say to them you know what you're going to change the world because all you have to be is available so this is what we're going to do this is the altar call and I'm not saying this because I want a big altar call I want to say this so that you can be free So if you feel that there's something that you need to let go of or circumstance that you need to let your hands go of and you want to walk in freedom, all I want you to do is just to step out of your place and I want to pray for you. Like one prayer. Is that okay? So we're going to sing this song. And I just have this feeling 90% of people in this room, there's something you need to let go of. Does that make sense? And I'm included here. So I'll come to the front with you and then I'm going to pray. Is that okay?
Everybody look at me, please. The Egyptians you see from your past, the Bible says you will see no more. And all you have to do is to trust the Lord. You may see the Egyptians in your life, the difficult things in your life overtake you. It's because the Lord's allowed that to happen so that you can trust in Him. And when he turns up, it's game over. The addiction, game over. Unforgiveness, game over. Challenges, game over. Whatever that situation is, depression, game over. Unforgiveness, it's a game over. It's a very simple prayer. All you have to say is this, Jesus, Jesus. I trust you, trust you and, I and I let go, let go. In, Jesus name. in Jesus name just lift your hand come pastor If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ or you've known him and walked away from him, what I want you to do is just look at me and just wave at me and we're going to lead you to Jesus. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Who else? Nine, ten. 11. This is the greatest wave you'll ever have in terms of waving your hand because today your life is going to change for good. So I'd like you to repeat this prayer after me 
if you've raised your hand and shaking, well, just wave to me. I'd like you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, today I open my heart to you and I ask you to come in. Wash my sins away and help me to follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Who do we give the new Christians to? See this gentleman come on stage here, Brent. Come in. You see this guy here? He's going to walk out there, and I'd like you to follow him. Is that okay? So if you wave to me, what I want you to do is just walk right now to your right and follow Dave. He's going to give you a piece of paper, a Bible. He's going to pray. Just you can walk now. Come on, everybody. Give him a hand clap. Come on, everybody. Give them a hand clap now. I hand it over to this Handsome young Taiwan. <laughs> Sometimes God brings a young man to change a generation. And what he does, he brings them for a healing process. And when he heals them, he gets them ready to change the world. And when a pastor lifts you up, he'll give you a church. But when God lifts you up, he'll give you a nation. What I love about this church is you're apostolic. And I believe that God's raising up a new generation to change the world for good. I like this kid. He's a nice guy. So, Father, I just pray for him. I pray today that his tears will be the tears of every Polynesian kid who's been broken in this land. And he'll bring healing to it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I appreciate everyone's time. God bless you. Just raise your hand if you felt the message today. Raise your hand. And, um, you know, you, you said to me it was going to be short and sharp, and it was definitely ma'ingi, right, which means it was really sharp. The word was really sharp to us this, this morning. And um, over the last sort of two years, two, three years, there's been a lot of wrestle in my heart. Thank you, Uso. Um, you talked about freedom and salvation. And uh, for us to let go of things, we will see salvation and freedom. And it's a process that we're going through at the moment. And um, I truly believe in what you're saying in terms of changing the next generation. And our Polynesian people have been held back for too long. And I think it's about time we become um, ministers to revive our people. So thank you also for the message today. We'll just um, we'll sing through, and um, if you just want to worship um, in the presence of God, uh, do so. Otherwise, you're free to go.